How is it that there are independent musicians out there who have no ties to any big record labels or financial backing able to get their music heard by millions of people and live out their dreams of being full-time musicians? That's the question, and on this podcast, we will discover the answers together. I'm Lizzy the Gifted, and this is the Music Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? You're tuned in to another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast with your host, Lizzy the Gifted, and I'm here with my man, CW Midnight, a.k.a. Corey Wallace. What's up, bro? On, what's going on? Part two of our mixing series. Are you pumped? Are you excited? Oh, yeah. Are you psyched? Too much excitement. I love it. So, <laughs> guys, if you haven't already listened to the previous episode, 155 Mixing Series Part 1, go listen to that first before you listen to this episode. Um, otherwise, if you're ready to go, we are going to talk about how to prioritize your tracks. Okay, so what I mean when I say that is... This is a tough one. Organization. What, yeah, I mean, it's. I just kind of think of which track is most important. Which track is most important in terms of what you should hear? Like, what should the listener hear? So priority in terms of, I guess, like volume, but it's just more of like which track is the most prominent? Which part of your song? Kick, 808, vocal, melodies, class. There's all these different tracks. Which ones are important? I know the mistake I made when I first got started with mixing is I wanted everything to be heard. It's like you need to make sacrifices on certain things. Like, and that's what we're going to get into today. Okay, so we'll start, Corey, with you. Priority number one. What's the first priority for you when it comes to, you know, mixing? Um, well, priority above else, you know, is vocal. Hmm, okay, right? so vocal is the most important thing. Vocal is the most important thing. At the end of the day, vocal is the most important thing. At the end of the day. Okay. Both. You know, yeah. you know, you want your vocal to be, you know, vocal is a source, right? Vocal is your, your, what's telling you the story, you know, what's creating that, you know, world. And then when it comes into priority in terms of mixing, then it becomes drums. So it's vocals first, then drums? It's vocals first, then drums. Okay. So you're telling me that before you really dive into anything... You're you're mixing your vocals first. I'm making sure those vocals sound dope. Got it. Okay. And you're letting everything else get around that. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's different for so that's kind of different for me. But I want I, I you're probably right. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's any right or wrong, is there? No. I mean, so the way I do it is I'll do the kick first. I do my drums first. Kick, clap, 808. Um no. Yeah. Yeah, I do kick, clap, 808, hi-hats and hats, then vocals. Yeah. And the reason I do that is because, why do I do that? I do that because, um, I don't know why I do that. I do it because I feel like mixing vocals, I feel like I do it because I don't know why, but for me, mixing drums is a tiny bit harder because it, for me, it's vocals are so easy to think about because you know exactly what's happening with vocals. Vocals are the most important part of the track. You know they're going to be up front. You know you want them to sound crispy and clear. Yeah. Drums are harder because 
you're balancing instruments that could possibly be clipping unless you've gained stage properly. But that kick and clap, those relationships, and then of course the relationship between your kick and 808. Oh yeah, that's know, huge. Right, via sidechain compression, yeah. which we're not getting into, but that's a difficult relationship for me. Then you have to add the vocals. Now what's the relationship between that? So for me personally, that relationship is so difficult because the kick and 808 make it difficult for me. Vocals, I'm just like I can save that for later because I know it's I know what's gonna yeah. happen. I know it's gonna win. You know, you know, uh, on the last episode. Yeah. You know, after your you don't you you do your vocal comp and you do your you know your vocal mix where you, where you want to hear it, then you you leave the vocal sit right. Right. And then that's when you start your drums. That's that's when you you build around the vocal. Hmm. So that nothing is gonna interfere with what you're. What, what the vocal is, and I mean, you can, you can mute out the vocal when you're just focusing on the drums. Right. But making sure you're checking on it periodically. Okay, you know the the drum low end is. There's still a little bit too much high end on, on my, kick, and that's you know. It's fighting with the vocal yeah or you know your snare your snare and your vocal sort of live in the same space right your hi-hats live in the same space as a vocal yeah so you need to make sure that you're weary of that otherwise you're going to get really just competing frequencies yeah you are and it's gonna turn out to be a little bit more muddy and all over the place versus clear defined and um Having that clarity, right? And 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 melody instruments. We won't even wait. Hold on, we're getting out of order a little. No, we're not. Vocals, drums. How about? Let me ask you this. Well, you're kind of already talking about it. Drums, because the frequency of drum. This is what's difficult. The frequency of the drums doesn't compete. I'm sorry. The frequency of the kick in the 808 does not compete with the vocal frequency it wise does until you knock out the frequencies that do. Right, but, I mean, you're using the kick has got the low end. Yeah. Which you're going to take almost all the low end out of the vocal yeah. in EQing to leave room for the and kick. And you're going to take all the high end out of the kick to leave room for the vocal. Exactly. But the problem comes in now. So that's the easy part. The hard part is the volume part. Because you need to hear the kick. Yeah. So in terms of volume space, the kick and vocals, there's a relationship. Yeah. There's not that relationship with hi-hats and claps and snares because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I turn hi-hats, claps, and snares down. There should be no competition between hi-hats, claps, and snares and vocals. Right. It's like, no. They're not even close. You're, you're not trying to flex against the vocal. You know, you're not no. trying to flex over the vocal. The right. vocal is, is kink. You know, vocal is... Top. Yeah, but the but the problem is that kick and eight oh eight they're kind of up there with volume priority too. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. There's volume priority and then there's EQ priority. Those yeah. are kind of two different spaces. Definitely. So you know this is you know this is stuff to be warned. I never this stuff. I never was nobody warned me about this when I started mixing. I never got any of this from YouTube. So I'm, I want to give this to people. Okay. Then the next uh, is your melodic instruments of importance. You know if you have a a melody like a that's just like your I call it a riff. Yeah. You know, your your catchy little riff that kinda goes throughout the song. Like in, in you know, a lot of hip hop 
there's always that like either it's like a piano melody or a synth melody that's just throughout the entire song that becomes a focus right yeah. so that that becomes a big element of the song you know and, and so you sort of you know cater the music around it right you leave space for it so that when you know it, it and what you can do is you can build it too you can you can make it not as uh, um, present in like the verses right. and then you can you can do that by you know filtering and and doing there's a lot of tips and tricks on that yeah right that I I won't get into yeah, right. but um, I lost my train of thought <laughs> we're talking about melodic instruments oh yeah I mean basically no it's good I mean basically like it's very much preference oh it's all preference. very much preference I mean everything is preference yeah damn near damn near everything is preference but generally if you have a song and you don't hear the vocals very well I'm really sorry you're not gonna sit there and be able to state a case for me that to justify why I can't understand or hear your vocals. It's just not going to happen because I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not going to enjoy this song as much. And if you're in this to, you know, it's hard because you don't, you know, you want to keep the creative juices there and the creativity, but also have that sense of like, I want to make a living out of music. Well, why do you think it's important that vocals are very much heard? Because that's what people want. Same with drums. So, there's just kind of like it's not really a rule. It's more of like a trend. Yeah. There's just certain trends you should follow and certain trends you shouldn't. We could go into a whole music theory trends, which we will not do right now. It has literally nothing to do with mixing. But there's trends. There's song structure. There's arrangements. Stuff like that. And like um, we could actually do a series on beat making. Good. Damn near. I think we'll do that after this series on mixing. But you know, and then mastering and songwriting. And uh, you know, yeah. So. I mean, you know, and then there's also things to do throughout, you know. Also, by the way, in terms of priority, you want to really study your reference track. That's why you have a reference track. Because if you're just pulling it out of thin air, your ideas, it's going to be a lot harder. Trust me, I've tried that. It's not as good as when you have a reference track, simply put, right? You know, why is their kick hitting harder? Right. Why is their sub so clear? You know... Why is their vocal so you know what how is their vocal is not competing with the hi hat those those hi hats are like in their own space yep you know that's there's a lot of analysis that you can do oh they went from this chord to that chord right oh they they you know. They did this weird, you know, B section that's a completely different song. Like, like, it just sounds cool. Right. You know, there's, you can pull so much information off of a reference. Yep. That is a notifiable hit, yep. you know, notifiable, recognizable big song. Yep. You know, you go on to your... Your top 40, you know, in, in all the genres. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's what's killing it in 
hip hop. That's what kill. That's what's killing it in pop. That's what's killing it in alternative rock. Right. You know, that's what K rock is just blasting on the radio every day. Right. You know, it's it's different to the listener, like or your customer, like right. who's who's not in music. But when you're listening listening to to songs that are being you know, push to radio, there's things to learn about that. You know, there's a reason why, um, you know, the whole, you know, Spotify release day is important, like New Music Fridays. Those yep. are very, very important. Yeah. You want to you wanna get on that playlist because that's how your songs will blow up. I would say one thing to that too is like, you're so right. And like, one thing that I know people struggle with because I struggled with it was you know, that comparison syndrome where you, you kind of, you battle cause it's bad if you compare yourself to other people too much. Cause then you feel bad about yourself and everyone's on their own journey. But in this case, you do kind of want to use a bit of comparison. You I mean, compare. you want to get your level to, and you uh, want to compete. Yeah. Cause the fact, extent. I mean, well, simply put, you are competing yeah. with the people on these big playlists yeah. you are competing with the radio that's what's really difficult and again you know what's kind of like different about music than say pro sports like when you're a 10 year old or let's say more realistically let's say you're 17 years old and you're a basketball player you are not competing with lebron james you're not competing with guys in the nba you're competing with everybody else who's 17 you're competing with everybody from the ages of 14 to 17 or 14 to 18 that's your range of people you're competing with. And you're competing with people all over the country for spots in college. Well, when it comes to music, that's not how it works. When it comes to music, let's say you're a 17-year-old rapper. You're just like, well, no, I'm just competing with people who are at my level. It's like, no, you're not. Because I know this. When I first started, this is exactly how it was for me. I first started, I was 17, and I was rapping. And I would put my songs out and I knew I wasn't good. I knew I had work to do. So I would show my friends and be like, what do you guys think? What do I need to do? I thought my songs were at a solid level at the time. But my friends, my really, you know, my smart friends were like, you know, telling me how much they sucked. And they were like, you need to do like, they were tearing me down. And they were like, and I was like, damn, you know, it was hard to take the criticism at first. And they were like, but bro, think about it. If you want to compete with J. Cole, Big Sean, Wale, those were the dudes popping up my senior year. Um... Drake, like you are competing with them right now because my attention as a fan is either going to go to you or it's going to go to Drake. Right. So for people who you look at rap, not just rap, music, there's very low barriers to entry to become a, a professional musician. Like anybody can get a distro kit account and put their stuff on Apple and Spotify. Obviously, you have to own the rights to the music, right. which is easy to do. But when you do that, you can just boom. Now you're in there. And whether you're, well, I'm not at that level because I don't put my music on Spotify and Apple. You're even worse off. So you are competing with those artists. And that's the fact. You know, Don't expect yourself to make that level of music if you're just starting. You won't. You have to accept that fact. But you should always be pushing yourself to be like, well, I need eventually to some – I need somebody to prefer my music over Drake's music and Logic's music and who are big artists in pop. Um, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, uh, yeah. Charlie Puth. Yeah, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. I mean you, you eventually do need to get to that point where Post you're – And by the way, you might sit here and think that's impossible. It's not. There's people who would rather listen to Mozzie who's a rapper from Sacramento. Do you know who Mozzie is? 
Yeah. You you might like his music, but he was on the Black Panther soundtrack. He oh, got a cool. couple yeah, placements I, I there. Probably re- yeah, heard. but he's this like super hood rapper from Sac. There are people who prefer Mozzie to Justin Bieber. So don't sit here and think that it's completely impossible to reach that level. Mozzie's music is obviously professional. It's right. very high quality. It's got the things that, you know. So, but nobody will prefer your music to anybody if your music's not mixed properly. That's for sure. You can have your own creative preference on the creativity, the genre, because we know now in rap and hip hop, there's tons of subgenres and influences. Yep. So, and even in pop, there's subgenres of pop. Mm-hmm. Now there's rap, hip hop, pop. You know, there's different types. So that is where you get to be creative. But there's that certain level of quality where you can't, you're not a lot, I'm sorry, but you need to kind of put yourself into a little bit of, you need to marginalize yourself and, 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 and really just say, hey, like, like, like if, you're, if you own a pizza joint, I mean, you can put anything you want on the pizza, but there's a reason that almost every pizza joint has pizza with tomato sauce and cheese. Because that's a really popular flavor of pizza. It's a trend. Yeah. Right? There's a reason you need to do this, this, and that with your EQ compression freaking volume. There's a reason that yeah. hi-hats are never too loud in a song. Yeah. Don't make your hi-hats too loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't sit here and say, well, I like the sound of the hi-hats. Okay. Cool. Like, do you like freaking wheatgrass on your pizza? Like, also? No. Well, yeah. There's a reason. There's trends, bro. Why is pepperoni another favorite? It's just... That's the same way music works. Now, once you get the cheese and sauce part down and you understand that those are two ingredients you need, you can make your own type of sauce. You can make your own type of cheese. You can put your freaking little specialty toppings. Yeah, you know? totally. You can, so, it's a great analogy. Yeah, it's, just, it's, the, same, it's the same thing. Um, so I think one other thing I wanted to cover on this episode, we kind of got off on a tangent, but it was a That's good fine. one. One, one. One other topic I wanted to get into was... This is highly debated and very confusing. And I kind of want to try our best to set the record straight with this. Where do you want your mix to peak at? Where do you want your master favorite oh, to peak? This, I mean, this is a big debate for yeah. everything. It's really hard. It really, at the end of the day, who are you distributing through? You know, if you're trying to, if you're on your, you're, you're getting your song onto Spotify, mm-hmm. Spotify is gonna bring your stuff down no matter what. Yep. No matter where it's hitting to negative 14 um, LUFS, which yeah. is um, sound, Yeah. you know, the sound level. Yeah. So if your mix is at freaking, you know. If your mix peaks at 0.0, you're gonna be screwed. Yeah, Cause that's just gonna be quiet. Yeah, so here, here's one thing I wanna address too. We got, Cause we gotta dial back what yeah. we know because think about this. People listening to this might not still know the difference between mixing and mastering. Right. Like this series that we're doing is only mixing. So like I have a friend, I'm not going to say who it is, but I have a friend who didn't know this and I had to tell him. I said, when you mix, what's your master fader peak at? He didn't even know what that meant. And I said, that big thing, that master fader, what's it peaking at? What's, what does it peak? And he's like, zero, obviously. And I was like, no, bro. Because he doesn't master. He doesn't know that he has to master his songs. So he uploads them with, with just mixing it in whatever DAW and then just he uploads it. Because he doesn't, he doesn't know. That's yeah. why I'm doing this. Because there are people there who are super talented who don't know this stuff. So you want the mix. Find the loudest part of your song 
generally is going to be the yes. hook. Yes. But I don't know. It could. It depends on your hook. Some people have no, no drums that, in their that's hooks. That's generally good. Keep keep going with what you're. So what you're on so the track. you find the the part of the song that is the loudest. You listen to it, and wherever the loudest part of the loudest part of the song is, where does it peak? Is it peaking at zero zero? So my mine that I do is is between negative five and negative three. I try to push to negative three, but if it's negative four, whatever, I, I'm good with that. What do you do it at? Um, references. Yeah, okay, right. So, yeah, so it's based on the reference. I study where the references are being because you can do that through different software. Like what? Give them, give them a piece of software. There's, you can do uh, Master Your Mix has a plugin called Levels that I use. And you can choose Spotify, YouTube, um, all the different platforms. And they, they have their... Um, levels and meters that you're checking and it analyzes your song and oh and it'll it'll actually turn so it's a certain color when everything's fine mm -hmm. but if you know your chorus is peaking it turns red and it'll tell you okay you are you know according to what spotify um puts out you're over you know you're you're peaking too too loud right so that's when you go in, okay, you go into your master. This is just in your mastering chain. You know, when you're mastering, this this is when that happens is you make those adjustments. Okay, right. so it's it's now hitting at 14. So no matter what, this, if, you know, my, you know, thinking is correct, this is going to hit the same way I'm hearing it on, on my speakers. Right. For everyone, when they when it's when they hear it through Spotify, right. and each platform has different encoders, mm -hmm. so you need to make sure that everything is hitting all those. Like, and I mean, fortunately for us, if you if you if you bank on Spotify, which is where a lot of music is streamed. Yeah. Then you're probably fine, and when you upload to certain distribution systems, they, when the song gets uploaded to Apple, to, you know, Amazon Music, to... Tidal. Tidal. They have their own compressors, compressors yeah. that will, you know, get it to where they have it. Yeah. And they have, it's a, it's a algorithm and it's a formula. Right. That they just it's like it's like throwing a plug in on on vocal. It's it's the same it it's like a limiter. Yeah. You know. It's it's yeah. And it the reason I said everything to Yeah. A certain standard that works for their uploading system. Yeah. The reason I sound stressed out about it is because it's such a difficult it's, it's such an it's such a it's such an important thing that is so difficult to like really understand because everybody's standards are literally different. To clarify this, guys, basically, like, Spotify is essentially has an algorithm where it's mastering every single song on Spotify. Like, they don't want Russ, they don't want Justin Bieber's song to play and then your song to play and your song to be way louder because you don't know what the fuck you're doing with mixing. They're going to bring your song down and they're going to bring Justin Bieber's song and they're going to have every single song on Spotify the same. They have quality the control. They have quality control. Exactly. And so that's why we have these tools like Master Your Mix to just kind of let you know beforehand, because here's the problem. If your song is too loud and they bring you down, you're, they're gonna end up distorting your mix without you even knowing. 
What if you're too a little bit too quiet? Is that okay? Because then it'll just pull it up for you. Like if you're one dB too quiet or two dB too quiet. I mean, if you're hitting at like negative thirteen instead of negative fourteen. If you're hitting at negative fifteen instead of negative fourteen. Oh, that's right. Sorry. See what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're quieter, it, they will bring it up. Is that good or bad? Do you think? It's not really good. It'll huh? get a little. It'll get more volume. But you'd so let's say would you rather be where would you rather be? <laughs> Lower, right? Or you'd yeah. really rather be sitting perfectly. Yeah. You should be trying to sit at negative fourteen LUFS. But see, this is the LUFS stuff. That's mastering. Yeah. Mixing, you want okay. And the reason Alex, we should have mixing, you want. I'd say negative five to negative three. What do you say? Um. Usually negative six or negative seven. Yep, that's in there. Right. Because what you can do, why do we do this? We do this because you want to leave headroom for when you master. Quick explanation on mastering because it, it relates. Mastering is when. Optimizing for iTunes, Spotify, all those. Yep. That's, 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 and speaker that's systems. Simplest. And speaker system translation. Exactly. You're taking your mix. When you mix, it's all of your tracks. It's your kick, your snare, your claps, all that, and your vocals. That's all different audio files. Mastering is the entire song is one audio file, a wave file. Now you're taking that one audio file and you're you're going to do things to the entire file. It's like, you know, you're making more global moves than individual yeah. moves. Exactly. You're making It's almost like you're making minor adjustments that are going to sound major. Yeah. Minor adjustments to make major differences. That's how I think of mastering. Mixing is like you're doing like pretty big stuff yeah. that are little, the little minute details. So that's, that's the mixing stuff. So, you know, I think that if you are, if you really like we're and we're going to keep putting out more stuff in this series, you know, in my opinion, I think if you listen to this entire mixing series, you will know how to speak the language and you'll know the jargon and you'll get the concepts. But until you actually apply this and until you actually see it on a computer screen, you're not really going to get it. And if you want, what I can do is I can hold your hand and walk you through the mixing process one-on-one -on -one over the course of a bunch of different training sessions. And I would love to do that. And the best way to get started with that, go to the description of this podcast. There's a link for my Calendly link. You can book a call with me and we can see where you're at and figure out if, you know, if we want to go forward with me basically coaching you on the mixing process, which I think is super important. It will literally save you, I'm not joking, you can attest to this, thousands of dollars over the long haul. If you can mix and master your own songs, don't even worry, not even making beats, which I think is another way to save money. If you can just mix and master your own songs, you will be ahead of the curve, you'll save money, and you'll have the opportunity to make money because you could, Maybe a year after you get mixing good, you're like, I'm pretty good. I could charge people $25 to $30 per song for a few hours of my time or you could charge more. Realistically, you could charge $50 to $100 per song if you really wanted it. That, and that's not unrealistic. No. But you can start making a side hustle out of mixing mastering. That's what I did. That's what I do. You do that too, right? It's a big deal. So if I were you, I'd get this stuff dialed in. And if you want to fast track that process, I could easily get you there in 30 days. I can easily get you to start understanding this stuff. So click below, book a time to talk to me. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, and then, yeah, yeah. And then um, 
Corey, I know you wanted to plug this new song. I'm really excited about this. So talk about that oh, new song yeah. you guys so got. So there's a song that um, I got to produce with uh, my writing partner, Aaron Edwards. And um, the artist is Ari Wonderland. And we... The song reminds me of... If you mash up Tame Impala with... Mm. Um, like Ariana Grande yep. or or like her. It's like R&B, but like, it's like psychedelic R&B. It's very good. And usually, you know, we end, we end the podcast with with uh, Do Me Wrong, but yeah. I think we're going to give you a little treat today since yeah. it's Friday and it's a new release day. Yep. We're going to let you listen to the full full length song or even... Let's like, give them a, we'll give them a we'll snippet. We'll give them a, a snippet of it and you can... Because we want them to go to Spotify to hear it. That's right. So, so spell her name and and just say the name of her... Uh, Aria of Wonderland. A-R-I-A yep. Wonderland. W-U-N-D-E-R Land. L-A-N-D. Wonderland. Oh, see, I didn't even know how to... Okay, perfect. Go on Spotify and stream that song. What's the name of the song? I Just Want Your Love. I Just Want Your Love. Banger. Banger. Go listen to that song right now. Corey has writing credits on that writing song. Writing credits. I have production credits. Yep. Co-mixing credits. Nice. And it's out. Yep. Play a snippet. Guys, thank you so much. Go stream that song, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Peace. Peace.